This is your host, Nick Riley, and you're listening to the One Day Advice Podcast. Together, we're going to take a ride inside the world of personal finance. I'm going to give you a fully transparent, behind-the-scenes look into the financial services industry, helping you to optimize your financial life along the way. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kyle Lynch of Clover Hill CPA. Uh, it's been a long-anticipated episode to get him on the show, and, and Kyle's a, a guy that I've worked with for quite a few near, uh, quite a few years now in the wealth management business, and, and he's a, a wealth of knowledge, no pun intended, uh, around the tax planning space. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is is the most recent proposal from. Uh, President Biden around his tax proposal. And while it's not set in stone yet, there are some changes that I felt that needed to be uh, mentioned uh, for a lot of you listeners out there. So Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, and I appreciate the intro. And yeah, to piggyback on what Nick said, I've known him for a number of years and a trusted partner of mine. And uh, we work on a number of clients together. And it's a, a great partnership because uh, Nick's an expert on the financial side and i i purport to be an expert on the tax side too so <laughs> yeah um, it's a good 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 tandem so sounds good kyle well uh before we get started into the uh the nitty-gritty tax stuff uh let's let's give the listeners a little intro on yourself uh you know how you got in the industry and uh tell us a little bit about clover hill sure so i've been uh i've been doing this for 11 years now which is hard to believe but um, I've worked for a number of kind of regional and larger firms, uh, both in Seattle and San Francisco area. Uh, and then kind of in the depths of COVID, um, I decided to jump out on my own and start my own, my own practice. So, um, we're a two man shop. We're in Bellevue, Washington. Um, we focus mostly on high net worth individuals and families, uh, small business owners and, uh, people that just, uh, have, uh, taxes that have gotten too complicated for TurboTax, and they start, you know, needing a CPA, and that's where we come in. So, definitely. So, how long has it been now since you've had your own practice? We started in November of 2020, so okay. coming up on our one year anniversary. Nice, yeah. that's awesome. It's been it's been great to kind of see you your practice grow and everything, and and you've been an absolute uh, value add for for many of my clients as well. So. Uh, yeah, without further ado, let's let's kind of go into some of what was proposed uh, in the most recent proposal from from President Biden. Uh, I know there's lots of you know things around the estate side that we're not going to get into in this episode today, uh, perhaps in a future episode. But mainly today, we'd like to kind of get a high level overview of what is in that proposal, uh, some of the things that affect capital gains. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about the backdoor Roth. Uh, that that comes into effect before year end, and some and kind of wrap up with some of the timely things that people can be considering prior to year end uh, with these changes being made. So, uh, Kyle, maybe you can give us an overview of, of what was proposed. Sure. So I think we've um, you know in the industry we've been anticipating this for you know probably better part of a year now. Well, ever since the twenty twenty election, really. Um, and there were some proposals out, kind of preliminary proposals out in March and April that kind of scared some people. And um, the House and Ways Committee just kind of put out their uh, proposal. It's a little bit more, um, becoming a little bit more real now. Um, so, you know, the, the gist of it is that tax rates are not going down. Uh, they most likely will be going up. 
more or less across the board, and especially for for high income earners and and wealthier our wealthier clients. Um, you know, the the top tax rate rates are going to go up about two three percent for most most clients. And um, back to the kind of the the pre Trump era tax rates, right? Right, and kind of consolidating some of the brackets, so. Uh, people will start hitting that higher income bracket or the higher tax bracket at, at lower income levels than they, they are currently. And what is that at approximately 400000 or so for a single, four fifty for uh, married filing jointly? That's been kind of the magic number. Uh, and then that's the, what's proposed in the House and Ways Committee right now. It's 400000 That's been kind of decided to be the kind of the high income threshold is 400000 yeah, and kind of once you hit that level, there's a, a slew of other tax uh, implications that have been proposed as well. Um, but yeah, there's a number of uh, you know the the net inv- investment income tax, the 3.8 net, net investment income tax is going to become a little bit more robust, apply to a lot more uh, taxpayers. Uh, business owners uh, previously were exempt from that, and it looks like they would be subject to that um, going forward. Um, a number of things like the Roth conversion you mentioned. Um, they're eliminating qualified small business stock. They have, you know, there's there's a lot to chew on there, and it applies to a lot of different taxpayers. So it's hard to hard to give you the exact rundown of how it applies to you specifically without knowing your situation. But uh, of course, yeah. But yeah, high level uh, taxes are going up, and there's things you can do now in in the short to me- medium term to kind of mitigate any impact on you. Okay. So, so uh, speaking of kind of the, the things that people can do now, uh, just, I think it would be helpful because I haven't had an episode on uh, the backdoor Roth, uh, maybe just given a high level overview of, of how that operates, uh, because that is one of the things that is in the proposal to be uh, kind of end at the end of this year. So it might be the last chance for many of you listeners to be able to take advantage of this option. Uh, so, Kyle, could you give us uh, just an overview of how that works? Sure thing. Yeah, and th- this hits home because I do the backdoor Roth conversion every year, and I've done so for the last five or six years. And um, it's a nice little kind of trick. Um, you know, if you're maxing out your retirement plan at work um, and are over the uh, Roth IRA contribution limits, uh, what you can do is uh, do a non-deductible contribution to a traditional IRA. And then immediately convert it over to a Roth because uh, traditional IRA conversions to a Roth are unlimited. You can do them as many times as you want. Um, but now in the new proposal, they've kind of caught on to that, what's called the backdoor Roth. And with that would be uh, disallowed going forward. Um, so the way it worked before is you'd put $6,000 into a traditional IRA. You'd roll it over to a, a Roth, and your basis in that traditional area is six thousand because you never got a deduction for it. So you put it in after-tax money. You never got a tax deduction. You roll over six thousand, and there's no taxable income on that conversion. Um, but yeah, going forward, you wouldn't be allowed to do that. You'd just be subject to the you know the IRA contribution limits the IRS sets out for for all taxpayers. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and there are typically three classifications uh, in in those types of contributions. You have the pre-tax, like otherwise known as kind of the traditional uh, contributions. You've got the after-tax, and then also the Roth. So a lot of this is being applied to those after-tax contributions, correct? Correct. Yeah. yeah. 
Great. And and that is something that in the proposal, at least, if, if it were to pass, which this probably is pretty likely, I would say, on, on this uh, on this passing through, uh, you know, legislation. But what what can people do uh, before the year end to, to take advantage of this? Yeah. So, I mean, in, a, in an environment of raising t- of tax rates rising or maybe your your tax impact will be more next year than this year. Right now would be a good time for a Roth conversion, uh, accelerating income. You know, if you can take advantage of, you know, the 22 or 24 percent tax bracket, whereas next year you could be in the 32 to 35 percent bracket with a similar level of income. You know, you're saving eight, eight, 10 percent in taxes by by accomplishing that by the end of the year. Um, and just in general, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm a big fan of Roth IRAs. I think. Um, you know, I, I don't think tax rates are going to go down in our lifetime. Um, and, I, you know, I think that the premise of traditional IRA is that your tax rate will be lower in your retirement years. But I don't know if that'll necessarily be true 30, 40 years from now you yeah. know, if you're younger. And, and I would say, too, from a planning perspective, uh, yes, you, you get that upfront tax benefit or tax relief by by contributing to that traditional. It grows tax deferred. But when when you are in retirement and you're planning on drawing uh, from your retirement funds for income purposes, if you have a, a million dollar traditional IRA or you know, tr- old traditional 401k, you know, that might only be worth 600000 depending on your tax rate at the time. Whereas if you contribute to a Roth and you've got a million dollars in your Roth balance, that's actually $1 million that you'll have access to uh, from a cash flow planning perspective. So when you're talking through how to plan around income in retirement, it's much more predictable knowing how much you'll have in that Roth format. Yeah, and the Roth isn't subject to a lot of the rules that traditional IRA is uh, in your retirement years. There's no required minimum distributions in retirement. So you can, you can keep as much money as you want in your Roth IRA. Um, it's better to pass on to your kids um, because they don't have to pay tax on it. Uh, you know, the traditional IRA doesn't get the step up in basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all the deferred growth in their traditional IRA comes out as ordinary income as well. You don't get the capital gain rates like you would, you know, even in a taxable brokerage account. Um, and so um, that's why I, I prefer Roth. Yeah. Um, it can make sense. You know, if you're a high income earner now, getting that tax deduction for a, for a pre-tax 401k or a traditional IRA can make sense in a lot of cases. But yeah, I think for a lot of kind of middle income taxpayers, Roth is a great route to go. Absolutely. And, and I think it's worth mentioning while we're talking on the Roth subject too, uh, one of the many things that, that a lot of the clients I work with don't know uh, or didn't know prior to working with, with me uh, is that the Roth IRA has you know, contribution income limits. Uh, so if you're trying to contribute to a Roth IRA, it, it, you will be subject to, uh, depending on your income, uh, whether you, you file a single tax filer, that's $140,000. Uh, if you're married and filing jointly, uh, if, if you, your income is over 208000 you won't qualify for a Roth IRA contribution. However, if you have a, a 401k option through your employer, uh, they will oftentimes offer a Roth 401k contribution option, and that is not subject to any income limits. So if you are a high earning individual or high earning household, 
uh, and want to take advantage of this Roth opportunity, uh, which like Kyle mentioned, I, I think is going to be the best in the long run for, for a majority of people that can uh, let those Roth assets continue to grow tax-free. Uh, just take advantage of your Roth 401k contributions and make sure that you're maxing that out. And if you ever leave that employer, you can roll that into a Roth IRA. And uh, that's just one of the ways of kind of bypassing those income limitations. Yeah, that's a good point. Is uh, you know, high income earners can still take advantage of that. They just can't get it outside of their um, you know four hundred one k or through their employer. Yeah, definitely. So, so the other part of the proposal was around capital gains. Uh, so maybe we can just spend a, a little overview on uh, how capital gains uh, tax will be changing. I know it's 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 kind of it's going to be retroactive as well potentially. Maybe give an overview of that. Sure. So in March, April, uh, there was, you know, people were kind of flipping out because one of the proposals was that high income earners would pay, wouldn't get the preferential long-term capital gains rates. Um, so cap, long-term capital gains rates have um, been lower than, than short-term capital gain rates since I think 1917. Uh, and it's been kind of a long, long tenant of, of tax law that uh, capital at risk in the economy is good and, uh, you know, incentivizes investment and long-term investment. And um, one of the things in March and April is that that would go away for anybody over a million dollars in income. Um, the proposal that came out last week was a little bit more watered down uh, and it was 25% would be the new, new capital gains rates for uh, high income earners. And that's anybody above 400,000. So they increased the base by quite a bit and lowered the rate. So it, it should be pretty close uh, revenue wise to the proposal in March and April, but maybe a little bit more palatable for a lot more people. Yeah, because I think the original proposal was for a income earners over a million. And I think the surprising factor was that they actually reduced that income uh, threshold down to the 400,000 mark for single filers. So it's actually going to affect far more people uh, than that original proposal would have. Right. Um, and then, you know, for high income earners, you also have the 3.8% net investment income tax. So long-term capital gains, you know, if you have long-term capital gains in your portfolio and you're in the higher brackets, you're looking at 28.8% uh, at the top level. Yeah. Um, and so, um, the, the, the proposal that came out last week said that that would go into effect September 13th. And so we're at September 23rd. So in that case, it would be too late. Um, now, when, you know, it's, you know, these bills typically take longer to eventually pass than, than usually planned. And that, that September 13th date could change. But the uh, gist of, and how it applies to you is that, by the time it passes, it's going to be too late to sell off and get grandfathered into the old 20% rate. Um, now, if you sold everything today, you have a higher likelihood of getting grandfathered in, but I wouldn't guarantee that or you know, recommend acting on that uh, for the most part. But if you're deciding between some, selling something now and December 1st, now would be a better time to do it. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, it, a phrase I always like to use is don't let the tax tail wake the dog. Uh, so don't make your decisions purely because of taxes or anticipated taxes. You really want to look at your your personal situation, what is best for you, your household and your household financial 
financials. So, uh, you know, Kyle, I think we've, we've kind of covered enough of the proposal today, but I know we'll have you know, future episodes on other tax planning items. I'd love to have you on the show again. Uh, but yeah, thanks for giving the listeners an overview of, of this most recent proposal. Of course. Yeah. And I, I know I, I rambled on in some places. So if you ever have any questions or follow up, uh, please feel free to reach out to Nick or myself. Our, our contact information will be available. And Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll make sure everything's in the show notes and uh, you know people know how to contact me and, and get a hold of you, Kyle, as well. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Nick. And uh, thanks for having me on. Glad we were able to do this and look forward to the next one. Sounds good. Hi. I'm Nick Riley, the founder of One Day Advice. If you like what you've heard, we'd greatly appreciate your help in spreading the word. After all, we are financial educators, not marketers. Thanks for listening, and remember to leave us a review. Nick Riley is the founder of One Day Advice, an independent fiduciary and fee-only registered investment advisor. Nick serves as a wealth advisor and educator to his clients. All opinions expressed by Nick and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of One Day Advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment or financial decisions.